is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on this Thursday, January the 26th, on the Wise Guys Sports Show on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Let me sure to follow Wise Guys at Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. It's another action jam-packed show. Come on in and sit a while, folks. It's going to be an exciting show tonight. It's NFL Championship Weekend in the NFL. It's Burrow. It's Mahomes in the AFC. It's the Bengals. It's the Chiefs. It's a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. I'm going to preview that game here shortly. And in the NFC, it's the 49ers. It's the Eagles, the two best teams. In the NFC on Fox Sunday afternoon in Philly. So it's, it's some great football this weekend. And before I get into my NFL championship previews in the AFC and the NFC, I feel like we have the best four teams remaining in the NFL. I believe this is your it, it, from a college basketball analogy this is your duke your north carolina your kentucky your kansas in the final four these are the four best teams remaining in the nfl any four of these teams can win the super bowl and 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 be super bowl champions here in a few weeks and i wouldn't be surprised i would not be surprised at who wins the lombardi trophy this year these are four powerhouse teams that we have remaining in, in the NFL. And I'm excited for championship weekend. Usually the NFL divisional round of the playoffs is the best weekend in the NFL. But I believe this year, the best weekend in the NFL season is going to be this Sunday championship weekend, Bengals chiefs and 49ers Eagles as well. So it's, it's some great football that's going to be played. So, if you want to discuss a particular matchup in the AFC or the NFC, call to the show, 
1-800-585-5135-813-203-8655 is the number to dial. Also tonight, I'm going to have a special guest appearance from NFL writer Mark Schofield. We're going to discuss the NFL playoffs and discuss these matchups between the Bengals and Chiefs and the 49ers and the Eagles. But let's begin in the AFC. Here we go. Bengals, Chiefs, here it is. No, I'm, I'm tired of underdog narrative. We're a really, really good team. We're here to make noise. No team going to have to pay attention to us. We're, like I said, a really good team with really good players and coaches, and we're, we're coming for it all. Cincinnati Bengals fans out there, the Cincinnati Bengals are in their second consecutive AFC championship game for the Chiefs. This is their fifth straight conference championship game. This is the Bengals' fourth ever conference championship game. Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes for a second consecutive season for the rights to go to the Super Bowl and represent the AFC. Joe Burrow is previously 3-0 versus Patrick Mahomes. The spread right now is the Chiefs are favored over the Bengals by one and a half point. This spread has switched twice within the last few days. Originally, it was the Chiefs that were favored, and then they went to the Bengals and favored the Bengals by a point. Now it's back to the Chiefs, favored by a point and a half. The over-under for this game is 47 and a half points. Kickoff is 6.30 p.m. in Kansas City. So as I look at this matchup, I want to start off with the quarterbacks because we got two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and Joe Burrow has done very, very well against Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow is 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes, and when you look at what they've done against each other in those matchups, Joe Burrow, he averages 327 passing yards, eight touchdowns, one interception, Pass a rating of 121.0. He's completed 72 
percent of his passes against Patrick Mahomes. He has three wins, no losses. Now, here's Patrick Mahomes' stats against Burrow. He averages 252 passing yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions, completing 67% of his passes. His passer rating is 101.0. He hasn't beaten Burrow yet. And it's crazy because we talk about Patrick Mahomes, and we know how great Patrick Mahomes is. Patrick Mahomes already won an NFL MVP in his first season starting in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes had 50 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, over 5,000 passing yards, and he didn't lead the Chiefs to the Super Bowl that year. They lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. But the following year, he led the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. They beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes is the best young quarterback that we have in the NFL. When you talk about greatest quarterbacks of all time, the trajectory that Patrick Mahomes is on, he's on a Hall of Fame path. I don't think there's been a quarterback in NFL history who's had a better five-year start to their career than Patrick Mahomes has had in the first five years of his career. First five years of his career, Patrick Mahomes has had the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. They might as well rename the AFC Championship the Patrick Mahomes Invitational because every single year the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship game. Patrick Mahomes is 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions, but he has, like, he's dominant in that round of the playoffs. Hasn't thrown a single interception. And we know how great Patrick Mahomes is. But Patrick Mahomes cannot beat Joe Burrow. He can't beat Joe Burrow and this Lou Adamaral defense from the Cincinnati Bengals. And in the three matchups when they've played against each other, last year in the regular season, the Chiefs, they were beating the Bengals 28-17 to at the half. In that game, the Bengals outscored the Chiefs 17-3 to in the second half. And the Bengals beat the Chiefs 34-31 at Paul Brown Stadium. And then you fast forward to the AFC Championship game last year. Last year in the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs were beating the Bengals again. This time in Kansas City, Chiefs were up on the Bengals 21-3. to And at the half, the Chiefs were beating the Bengals 21-10. to And the Bengals overcame an 18-point deficit in that game, and the Bengals beat the Chiefs 27-24 in that game. And then this year at Paycar Stadium, the Chiefs were beating the Bengals going into the fourth quarter. They were up seven points in that game. So time and time again, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals have been able to overcome deficits against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's crazy because you look at what 
Joe Burrow has been able to accomplish so far in his career. He has, this is the most playoff wins by a quarterback in his first three seasons. Joe Burrow has five. That's the, that's the second most in NFL history, only behind Russell Wilson, who has six playoff wins in his first three seasons. So, you know, I look at what, the, what, what Burrow has been able to do against Mahomes. These are two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And this game is so much at stake because if Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes and he improves to 4-0 and against Patrick Mahomes and he beats Mahomes for a second consecutive season in the AFC Championship game in Arrowhead, Number one, we're going to have to rename Arrowhead, Burrowhead. And it's funny because the Bengals players, they were already saying this in the immediate aftermath. Once they beat the Bills last week, they were saying, hey, we got to go to Burrowhead next week. So I, I love how they're having fun with that. But if Burrow beats Mahomes again in the AFC Championship game for a second consecutive season in his house, and if he goes to the Super Bowl, and wins a Super Bowl, and the Bengals win their first Super Bowl in franchise history, I believe that there are going to be people who are going to say that Joe Burrow is not only the best quarterback in the AFC, but the best quarterback in the NFL. It's so much to gain from a win from Joe Burrow's perspective. It's, it's so much at stake that he can game when it comes to respect and how we view the best quarterbacks in the NFL. For Patrick Mahomes, if he beats Joe Burrow, I believe that Mahomes would have to win another Super Bowl when it comes to how we view Mahomes and his trajectory when it comes to the all-time great quarterbacks. So I think if he beats, beats Burrow, he gets to still claim that he's the best quarterback in the NFL, number one. But once he gets to the Super Bowl, if Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, I believe we got to start looking at Patrick Mahomes as possibly being the greatest NFL quarterback of all time if he's able to pile up these Super Bowls. This would be number two for Patrick Mahomes. We know Brady has seven, but if Mahomes wins his second Super Bowl, then we got to start looking at Mahomes as possibly being able to be the best quarterback of all time. Because we know from a talent perspective, Mahomes is better than Brady. He's better than Brady. Aaron Rodgers is better than Brady. But again, I think if Mahomes beats Burrow, he'll still be able to claim that he's the best quarterback, you know, in the NFL. I think if Burrow beats Mahomes, I don't believe he can say he's the best quarterback in the NFL. But I believe if he wins a Super Bowl, you can make an argument for it. You can make an argument for it because he would have beaten Mahomes twice in back-to-back -back seasons. Now, when it comes to these two football teams overall, let's start off with the Bengals' offense versus the Chiefs' defense. Offensively, we know the Bengals, they got a high-powered offense. They got the best skill position group in the NFL led by Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and they got Hayden Hurst. And I think Hayden Hurst is an upgrade over 
CJ Uzama. That was who the who was the Bengals tight end last year. I think Hayden Hurst is better than Uzama. So the Bengals receiving core and their tight end in Hurst is the best in the NFL to me. And we got a lot of great skill position players playing this weekend. But I think the big you you can make it a, a legit argument that the Bengals have the best. And I want to see if the Bengals are going to be committed to running the football because that was what they was able to do last week against the Buffalo Bills. I, last week, the Bengals, they had 172 rushing yards in that game. And I think that's going to be key in this matchup against the Chiefs because if the Bengals are able to protect Joe Burrow the way that they did against the Bills, I think the Bengals can definitely move the football against defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola and that Chiefs defense. Everyone talked about last week when it comes to the Bengals offensive line. They didn't have Jonah Williams. They didn't have Alex Kappa. So everyone is talking about can they protect Joe Burrow? And the Bengals did a great job protecting Joey B last week. So if that offensive line can hold up and protect Joe Burrow and open up running lanes for Joe Mixon, for P. Ryan, I believe that that Chiefs defense is going to struggle against the Bengals offense. I really, really do. And to Burrow's credit, Burrow does a great job at getting the football out of his hands quickly. He does a great job at that. He, I, I, I really love the fact that Joe Burrow is able to recognize as a quarterback, hey, I, I know I'm down a few offensive linemen. I have to release the football quickly for the offense to be effective. So that, that's going to be key. And we know that Joe Burrow this year specifically elevated his game. I mean, you look at what he was able to do this year, 35 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 4,475 passing yards. He completed 68% of his passes this year. And in college, Joe Burrow was a winner. He won the Heisman Trophy. And that year, he had 60 touchdowns, only six interceptions. I think he completed like 70% of his passes that year. Joe Burrow is a proven winner. And I love listening to Joey B in his press conferences because as fans, as people who watch these games, a lot of times we nervous. <laughs> we, we nervous watching these games because it's pressure. But when I listen to Joe Burrow in his press conferences, Joe Burrow is so calm. He is so calm. And if you're a Bengals fan, that has to give you confidence when you see your football team play on Sundays. When you see your quarterback is as calm as Joe Burrow is, it makes you relax a little bit. Like, okay, he got this. He got it all figured out. And I, there was a play last week. I think it was on the touchdown pass that he had to Jamar Chase in the first quarter against the Bills. After he threw that touchdown pass to Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow went to the sideline. He said, I'm him. He's right. The Bengals, they got them a dude at quarterback. For the next 10 to 15 years, the Cincinnati Bengals will be competing for Super Bowls 
in the AFC. Now, when we switch gears to the Chiefs' offense versus the Bengals' defense, we know how great Patrick Mahomes is. Patrick Mahomes, here in a few weeks, he's going to be named the NFL MVP. This year, Mahomes had 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 5,250 passing yards. He completed 67% of his passes. And Patrick Mahomes, in the playoffs, he's 8-3. and three. He has 30 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. So he elevates his game in the postseason. The biggest question for Patrick Mahomes is going to be, how effective is he going to be on that injured ankle? Because we know how mobile Mahomes is as a quarterback when he's on the move. This is Patrick Mahomes, including the playoffs this year. From the pocket, he got 34 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, passer rating of 107.5. But on the move, he has nine touchdowns, two interceptions, passer rating of 95.7. That's the second most passing touchdowns on the move in the NFL. So we know how great Mahomes is on the move. But in this game, with that injured ankle, I'm not sure that Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to make plays outside the pocket like he's normally accustomed to make. I think he's going to have to be inside the pocket. But Mahomes can still, you know, kill you inside the pocket throwing the football. He can surgically throw the football down the field effectively and kill you even inside the pocket. So I'm warning all Bengal fans, don't get so caught up in this injury that Patrick Mahomes has with his ankle. Do not get caught up in that ankle injury. I think Patrick Mahomes, he's not going to be 100%, but I think he's going to be healthy enough to where he can still be effective in this Chiefs offense, and the Chiefs are still going to be able to move the football. But I think the biggest question for Mahomes, Andy Reid, what are they going to do when Lou Adamaral has three down linemen and eight players drop back in coverage? Because that's what the Chiefs offensively, that's what they have struggled with against this Bengals defense. And one of the critiques that you can have when it comes to the Chiefs offense, especially in the past, Will Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes be patient enough to run the football with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and with Pacheco? That's what's going to be key for the Chiefs because when the Bengals have these three-man fronts, the Chiefs have to make them pay in the running game. They got to make them pay in the running game. That's what's going to be key for the Chiefs offensively. Now, offensively, the Chiefs, they average 116 rushing yards per game, that's ranked 20th in the NFL. And the Bengals defensively, they are one of the best defenses against the run. They give up 107 rushing yards per game. That's ranked 7th in the NFL. But I think that's what's going to be key. Isaiah Pacheco is going to be an X factor for the Chiefs offensively. Now, we know Travis Kelsey is their best weapon in their offense. But I don't think this is going to be a Mahomes-Kelsey game. I think this is going to be a game where the Chiefs 
have to depend on the rushing attack with Pacheco. That's what's going to be key. Now, Travis Kelsey's going to get his touches. Last week he had like 14 receptions against the Jaguars for whatever reason. I still can't figure out why opposing defensive coordinators, they don't recognize, hey, I got to figure out where number 87 is at all times. For the life of me, I still don't understand how defensive coordinators don't understand this. I really, really don't. You look at what Travis Kelsey, the 2022 season this year, including the playoffs, Travis Kelsey, 110 receptions. That's ranked third in the NFL. 1,338 receiving yards. That's ranked eighth in the NFL. 12 receiving touchdowns. That's ranked second in the NFL. I think Travis Kelsey is on a Hall of Fame path right now as a player. And I think he is the best tight end in the NFL. The way that Patrick Mahomes is able to rely on Travis Kelsey in this Chiefs offense, it's the same way Tom Brady was able to rely on Rob Gronkowski during the Patriots dynasty. But this is going to be a great matchup between two great teams. And it's interesting when you look at what Joe Burrow has been able to do for the Bengals during the Bengals' first 53 seasons. During the Bengals' first 53 seasons, they were 5-14, and 14, so they won 26% of their games. They had two conference championship appearances. The last two seasons, under Joey B as their starting quarterback, the Bengals are 5-1. and one. So they've won 83% of their games and they have two conference championship appearances. Before Joe Burrow took over as their quarterback, the Bengals had the worst win percentage in NFL history when it comes to their postseason history. So it's amazing what, what, what they've been able to do since Joe Burrow has been their quarterback. So for me, I've been going back and forth with this game. I really, really have with who's going to win this game. Because I believe that the Bengals have more of a complete football team than the Chiefs do. But I know how great Patrick Mahomes is. With all that being said, I'm rolling with my hometown Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and punch their ticket to their second consecutive Super Bowl. I'm going Joe Burrow. 27, Patrick Mahomes, 24. I think it's going to be the same identical score from last year's AFC Championship game. I'm going Burrow, 27, Mahomes, 24. And I think Burrow is going to beat Mahomes for a fourth consecutive season. I, I, think, that, I think that the Bengals are, are slightly a better team than, than the Chiefs are. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to preview the NFC Championship. I'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. They're live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. 
Be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Call to the show, 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. Uh, I'm going to have the NFL writer, Mark Schofield, join me here in a bit to talk about the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship. But I want to respond to some of these comments real quick. My brother is on here. My, my man Jay Hustle on here. He says Rodgers is not better than Brady. Aaron Rodgers is definitely more talented than Tom Brady is. Tom Brady's more accomplished than Aaron Rodgers is. But from a talent perspective, he ain't nowhere in the same stratosphere as Aaron Rodgers is. Or Patrick Mahomes, for that matter. I've, I've been consistent with this for years. And I hope Jay Hustle is still on here because I want him to hear this. But Tom Brady is not more talented than Aaron Rodgers is. Now, if you want to say Tom Brady's more accomplished and he's more of a winner than Aaron Rodgers is and more of a leader than Aaron Rodgers is, I'm okay with that. But he is not more talented than Aaron Rodgers is. Never has been and never will be. But I think that um, this is going to be two great matchups. And it's funny because I'm about to get into the NFC game here shortly. But these two quarterbacks in the AFC, Burrow and Mahomes, they are the two best quarterbacks. When it comes to the AFC championship game with Joe Burrow and, and Patrick Mahomes, I believe that Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. And then it's everyone else. And it's funny because coming into the season, and I said this on, on Tuesday night show, coming into the season, all we heard about was Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen was many people's preseason favorite to win NFL MVP. And people forgot about the fact that Joe Burrow had led the Bengals to the Super Bowl. And Joe Burrow beat Josh Allen this past season. And then he beat Patrick Mahomes last year in the AFC Championship, and if it wasn't for Aaron Donald, he would have won a Super Bowl, and he hadn't even started three years in the NFL yet. Just think about that for a second. Joe Burrow possibly could have led the Bengals, and he didn't win a Super Bowl, but he could have won a Super Bowl last year in his first full season being a starter, because remember his rookie season, he got injured. So, Again, like everyone was talking about Josh Allen being the, you know, the preseason favorite to win MVP. But honestly, I, Joe Burrow was the, the was the favorite, I thought, throughout the season. And then he doesn't turn the ball over like Josh Allen does either. He really, really doesn't. But I think it's, it's Mahomes and Burrow and everyone else for sure. It, it really, really is. This game is going to be key because McKinnon, the running back for the Chiefs, also – he can help them in a running game. I, I think McKinnon, the impact that he's going to have for this Chiefs team also is going to be important because I think the Bengals linebackers, they're, they're going to have to guard McKinnon in the open field. And I think that's a matchup McKinnon can, can win. I really, really do. Like, I, I like him as a pass catcher out of the backfield for this Chiefs offense. But call to the show, 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. 
any particular thing you want to talk about in the championship weekend? Who you got? Bengals, Chiefs in the AFC, 6.30 p.m. kickoff in Kansas City. And then you got the 49ers and the Eagles in the NFC, Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts. I'm going to get into that matchup here shortly. I'll be right back. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Wise Guy. These guys know sports. They're live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Let's transition to the NFC Championship game. It's the 49ers. It's the Eagles. The Eagles are favored by two and a half points. It's a 3 p.m. kickoff on Fox at Lincoln Financial Field. The over-under for this game is 46 and a half points. Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts. Kyle Shanahan versus Nick Sirianni. The two best teams in the NFC. And this game is different than the AFC championship because unlike the AFC championship game, I believe from top to bottom, these two football teams in the 49ers and the Eagles, they have two of the best teams in the NFL. I think when you look at the rosters remaining of the four teams, I think you can go 1A and 1B with the 49ers and the Eagles. And then the Bengals, I would put third. And then I would put the Chiefs at fourth. I think these are two of the most complete teams that we have in the NFL. I really, really do. And I believe that this is going to be a game that's going to be won in the trenches. Because I believe that the Eagles O-line and defensive line and the Niners O-line and defensive line are two of the best in the NFL. I really, really believe that. And you look at the Philadelphia Eagles. That's where we're going to start out tonight with the Eagles. What the Eagles were able to do last week against the Giants, I said it on Tuesday night show, they should be arrested for assault. I mean, they completely dominated that Giants defensive line. Last week, the Eagles... They had 268 rushing yards, and that was the second most rush yards in Eagles playoff history. They had 274 rushing yards against the Rams back in 1949. They had 268 last Saturday night against that Giants defense. And for the Eagles, Overall, the Eagles have one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. They average 148 total rushing yards per game. That's ranked fifth in the NFL. And with their rushing attack, they have Jalen Hurts. And we know Jalen Hurts is a dynamic playmaker at the quarterback position. This year, 
Jalen Hurts running the football, 165 carries, 760 rushing yards, 13 touchdowns during the season. Now, you got to remember that Jalen Hurts played in 15 of the 18 games, so he missed three games. But Miles Sanders, Gainwell, Scott, this running backs that the Eagles have, they're dynamic, and they help this rushing attack be high-powered, and that's why the Philadelphia Eagles have one of the best offenses in the NFL. Mal Sanders, Gainwell, Scott Hurts, they all can run the football in this Nick Sirianni offense, and this is why the Eagles have one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. But the Eagles also have a dynamic passing attack with Devontae Smith, with A.J. Brown. So for the season, A.J. Brown had 88 receptions, 1,496 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. He's the number one receiver on this team, but Devontae Smith is also a big-time receiver for this Philadelphia Eagles offense. 95 receptions, 136 targets this year, 1,196 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. We know how great Devontae Smith was in college at Alabama. He was the best receiver his last year in college in college football. And at tight end, they got Dallas Goddard. And Goddard is a solid tight end as well. So the, the, the one thing about this Eagles offense, they are very, very dynamic because they play complementary football. They play complementary football because they don't, if you shut down their running game, they can throw the football because they have elite weapons on the outside in Smith and in A.J. Brown. And at their tight end spot, Goddard can catch the ball as well in the passing game and can definitely be effective. So, so this, this Eagles offense is very, very dynamic. But last week, I thought the way that they were able to dominate that Giants defensive line is something that I believe we have to give them recognition for because at this time of year, as great as your skill players are in Brown, in Smith, you got to have a great offensive line, and the Eagles have that. Up front, you got Jason Kelsey, the brother of Travis Kelsey. You got Isaiah Samala. You got Lane Johnson at right tackle. You got Jordan Mailata at left tackle, left guard, Landon Dickerson. I believe that they have one of the best offensive line units in the NFL. But as great as that Eagles rushing attack is, they're going up against a defense in the San Francisco 49ers who are led by defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans. And shout out to defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans for the 49ers because there was reports earlier today how he is being looked at for the head coaching vacancy in Denver with the Broncos. So I'm happy for D'Amico Ryans. But he's a hell of a defensive coordinator, and this 49ers defense has been the best defense in the NFL all season long. Defensively, the 49ers, they only give up 78 rushing yards per game. 
that's ranked seconds in the NFL. And you look at how great they are defensively up front. You got Nick Bosa. You got Arik Armstead. You got Javon Keenlaw. So this is one of the best defensive lines that we have in the NFL. I'm excited for this matchup because we get a chance to see the Eagles' explosive offensive line versus the 49ers' explosive defensive line. This is the best matchup in this game that I'm looking forward to seeing who wins that particular matchup the most. Because I believe if the Eagles win at the line of scrimmage and they can establish the running game, I think that's going to open up the passing game as well for Jalen Hurts to get the football down the field to A.J. Brown and to Devontae Smith. But when it comes to the matchup with the 49ers secondary versus the Eagles receiving core, that's going to be interesting as well because the 49ers, they have in their secondary, they got Tredavious Ward. Tredavious Ward struggled on wildcard weekend against DK Metcalf. If Ward is matched up with A.J. Brown, I think that's a matchup that the Eagles can expose the 49ers. Because I believe that A.J. Brown, he's a similar receiver to D.K. Metcalf. And Metcalf had over 100 yards against Jadarius Ward in the wildcard matchup in the opening round of playoffs. So that's going to be key. Jadarius Ward versus A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown would win that matchup. And as great as the 49ers are against the pass, I mean, I'm sorry, against the run, they struggle against the pass. Defensively, the 49ers, they give up 223 passing yards per game. That's ranked 20th in the NFL. So you can throw the football against this 49ers defense. The Cowboys, last week, they could have made some plays in the passing game against the 49ers defense. But Dak Prescott can't protect the football. That's the, that was the biggest problem for the Cowboys. Prescott cannot protect the football. Unlike Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, he will protect the football. He's not going to give the 49ers opportunities at interceptions because he protects the football at a high level overall. For the season, Jalen Hurts, he was an MVP candidate before his injury. 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, 3,701 passing yards. I thought he was on his way to possibly being able to win NFL MVP before his injury against the Bears. But this ain't Dak Prescott. This is Jalen Hurts that the 49ers defense is going up against. And he and he is dynamic. And that's 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 what I'm looking forward to, to seeing in this game. So let's switch gears to the 49ers offense versus the Eagles defense. Offensively, the 49ers, they're led by Brock Purdy. And Honestly, since Brock Purdy has taken over for Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy has been very good, and he hasn't had that moment where he's folded yet. It has not happened yet, and he's been good overall. You look at what Brock Purdy has been able to do. This was five games in the regular season that he played. He had 13 touchdowns, four interceptions, 
1,374 passing yards. He completed 67% of his passes. So it's crazy because coming into the season, the talks were about who are the 49ers going to start? Is it going to be Trey Lance? Is it going to be Jimmy Garoppolo? Trey Lance goes down in week two. Jimmy Garoppolo takes over, and he's playing well for the 49ers, and then he gets injured. They insert Brock Purdy, and honestly, Brock Purdy has been the best quarterback of the three. Seriously. Like, he hasn't gotten rattled one time since he's been a starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. We thought that he was going to be the weak link, and we know how dynamic their defense is. We know how great their skill position players are with Debo Samuel, with Brandon Ayuk, with George Kittle, and they added Christian McCaffrey midseason. We know how great they are with their skill position players. And the biggest question for the 49ers was, how effective is Brock Purdy going to be running this 49ers offense, and is he going to get rattled at some point? It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. But the reason why Brock Purdy has been effective as he has been is because he does have the luxury of handing the football off to Christian McCaffrey. This is Christian McCaffrey during the 49ers' 12-game win streak. Christian McCaffrey is averaging 112 scrimmage yards per game. That is 29% of the team's yards as an offense. He has 12 total scrimmage touchdowns so far during that 12-game winning streak for the 49ers. So I believe that midseason acquisition by head coach Kyle Shanahan and general manager John Lynch of the 49ers, I believe that was the biggest midseason acquisition in the NFL. And last year, what did the Rams do midseason? They went out and got Odell Beckham. They got Von Miller, and that helped them get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. And we know how dynamic their receivers are in Ayuk and in Debo Samuel. But they got their work cut out for them this week because defensively, the Eagles got one of the best defenses in the NFL. And they can get after the opposing team's quarterback. The 2022 Philadelphia Eagles, in 18 games, they got 75 total sacks. They had five sacks against Daniel Jones and the Giants last week. So this defense by the Philadelphia Eagles, up front, they got Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. They got Javon Hargrove. They got Josh Sweat. And then their linebackers at the second level are good as well. TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, Hazan Reddick. They great at the linebacker spots. In the secondary, they got CJ Gardner-Johnson. They got big play Darius Slay. They got Reed Blankenship. So everywhere you look on this Eagles defense, they have no weaknesses. They have no weaknesses overall as a defense. None whatsoever. So they only give up. They, they, they're ranked sixth in opponents' points per game and what they give up overall per game. And I think it's going to be important for 
Brock Purdy to stay calm and poised in this game. If the Eagles get out to a 14 to nothing lead, we're going to get a chance to see who the real Brock Purdy is because he won't have the luxury of playing with the lead. And he's going to be on the road in a hostile environment at Lincoln Financial Field. I'm pretty sure Gilly going to be in the house. Meek Mill is going to be in the house. Kevin Hart may be in the house. Maybe even Will Smith. Who knows? I remember a few years ago when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl in the conference championship that year, they blew the doors off the Minnesota Vikings in that game. Just completely blew them off the field. So if that if Debo Samuel was talking about this week how that Eagles crowd isn't as loud as that 49ers crowd is in Levi Stadium. I disagree. Those Eagle fans, they're going to be ready come Sunday afternoon when it's game time. They're ready to punch their ticket to another Super Bowl and possibly win their second Super Bowl in franchise history. But I believe that these two teams are evenly matched. I was listening on first take to Chris, to Chris Canty, and him and Marcus Spears, they said that the Eagles are the much better football team than the 49ers are. I completely disagree. Completely disagree. I think, honestly, I think when you look at, let's talk about the receivers real quick. You look at the receivers for the 49ers. They got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. I think they are equivalent to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I really believe they're e even. I believe you give the 49ers the edge when it comes to the tight end. I think Kittle is better than Goddard. I also believe that the 49ers have the best running back on the field in Christian McCaffrey. I like McCaffrey more than, I, than Scott and Sanders. I believe that the Eagles have the edge when it comes to quarterback. I believe that the 49ers have the edge when it comes to the head coaches. I like Kyle Shanahan. He's more proven than Nick Sirianni is overall. And when it comes to the defenses, I think, honestly, I, I would give the slight, very, very slight edge to the Philadelphia Eagles. So I believe that these two teams are evenly matched. I believe that the defenses are very, very close to being equivalent. And I believe that, you know, they both have weapons offensively who they can rely on. But in these type of games, I think the quarterback can be the difference maker. And I believe that Jalen Hurts is better than Brock Purdy is. So with all that being said, I'm rolling with the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the San Francisco 49ers at Lincoln Financial Field and punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. I'm going Eagles 24, 49ers 21. I think it's going to be a close game all the way through, but I think Jalen Hurts will be the difference maker in this game, and I think Brock Purdy will get a little rattled, a little rattled in this game at some point, and I think that's when the Philadelphia Eagles defensively, they're going to get after Brock Purdy with Brandon Graham up front and Fletcher Cox and Sweat. I think they're going to get after him in this game. And I think the Eagles are going to edge out the 49ers. Everybody go and follow the Wise Guys on Twitter 
at wise guys underscore h also on facebook wise guys and be sure to follow the wise guys on instagram at these guys know sports coming at the break i'm going to bring on nfl writer mark showfield i'll be right back it's the worldwide sports radio network Welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore. It's also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys at Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. I want to welcome to the show NFL writer Mark Schofield. Doing well, Trey. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing real good, Mark. Doing real good, Mark. Let's get right to it, Mark. It's the NFL Championship Weekend. Let's start off with the NFC. It's the 49ers. It's the Eagles. Unlike the AFC, Mark, I look at the NFC as having two of the most complete teams in the NFL, in the 49ers and the Eagles. And I believe that this game is going to come down to who can win in the trenches and who wins the line of scrimmage. Unlike the AFC, we got Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, you know, the, the great quarterbacks, you know, in the AFC. In the NFC, I think we got more complete football teams. But do you believe that this game is going to come down to who wins at the line of scrimmage and in the trenches? You know, I do. I think both games actually, in a sense, will come down to who wins up front. I mean, playoff games tend to come down to what team's better in the trenches on a given night, on a given day. And I think your point about these two teams, the Eagles and the 49ers being the most complete teams in football, is completely accurate. You know, you look at the different ways, for example, the Philadelphia Eagles can beat you. They can beat you running the football. They can beat you throwing the football. They can do things defensively in a variety of ways to cause you problems. They're one of the best teams in the entire NFL at getting pressure with just four. They pressure quarterbacks at a rate of 34.6% of their pressures this year have come rushing just four. That's fourth best in the NFL. So they can get after you with four. They can drop seven into coverage. They can take away throwing lanes. They can play with numbers in the secondary. So they're a very complete football team. And the same thing goes for the San Francisco 49ers, who obviously have a lot of talent up front. You know, you look at Bosa. You look at the Armstead and some of the other guys that they can come after you with a four up front. You look at Fred Warner, perhaps one of the best off-ball linebackers in the game. You look at, you know, the guys that they have in the secondary. They're going to get tested. But this is a defense that's very good. And, of course, you look at what Kyle Shanahan does on the offensive side of the football, the way they can run the ball, the way they can use their sort of 21 personnel package where they've got you know two running backs on the field and Kyle's juice check and Christian McCaffrey. But you've got Debo Samuel who can align in the backfield. You've got McCaffrey who can line up outside. You can do different things that really stress you as a defense. And so these are two extremely complete football teams. I think it will come down to the trenches. I think Lane Johnson being back for Philadelphia is huge. Put off surgery, that torn adductor muscle to play through the playoffs. He was fantastic last week against the Giants. Didn't look hurt at all. But I think that these two teams are so complete on both sides of the football that it's really hard to find a weakness. I agree with you completely, Mark. Let's talk about Brock Purdy for a second. Obviously, Brock Purdy was the last pick of this past year's draft. They nicknamed him Mr. Irrelevant coming into the season. There was talks in San Francisco 
Who's going to be the starter? Is it going to be Jimmy G? Is it going to be Trey Lance? Trey Lance, he goes down. Jimmy G takes over. He ultimately gets injured. And then Brock Purdy takes over. And in five games, he has 13 touchdowns, four interceptions, completed 67% of his passes the last five games of the season, Mark. At some point, though, you have to believe that Brock Purdy is going to get rattled. Do you believe that this is the type of game where we see Purdy get rattled and that ultimately hurts the 49ers' chances at being able to beat the Eagles on Sunday? We've been waiting for the sort of bad Brock Purdy game, right? We've been waiting for it. We thought maybe against Dallas it would happen because similar to the Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys are very good at getting pressure with four. Obviously, Micah Parsons is one of the best pass rushers in the league already, and he's still sort of learning to play on the edge because he was more of an off-ball linebacker at Penn State. And I think this environment, though, that he's going to be walking into on Sunday with a team that can, again, get pressure with four and a team that can do a lot of different things in the secondary. Jonathan Gannon, their defensive coordinator, has done a lot of different things in the secondary conceptually. They've used a lot of quarters, two high safeties at times, but they'll do some man coverage stuff. They'll do some man match, some pattern match stuff. If you're going to see this season that sort of bad Brock Purdy game, Sunday's atmosphere might be the sort of environment that makes that happen because I think this Eagles group up front, like we just talked about, is very talented. Obviously, Slay and Bradbury on the corners, two extremely talented corners who are playing at a high level. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I'm very curious to see, Trey, if he sort of gets the George Kittle assignment. I was re-watching the Eagles' defense this earlier today. You know, when they played the Steelers a couple of weeks ago, Pat Frymuth, their tight end. It was Chauncey Gardner-Johnson who was covering him in man coverage situations. When they played Washington the first time, it was Chauncey Gardner-Johnson who was covering Logan Thomas. So I'm pretty sure that you're going to see when they go man coverage, Gardner-Johnson, who's obviously an athletic defender, has played corner, played safety. He might get the George Kittle assignment. I think Purdy's going to have a tough time. I'm looking at Purdy going to this matchup, Mark, and it's like I don't believe he's going to have the luxury of playing with a lead in this game like he's had in previous games. And I'm just thinking, Mark, like Lincoln Financial Field, NFC Championship game. Like I said earlier, man, Gilly and Meek Mills probably going to be there. Kevin Hart might show up. That might be where we see the real Brock Purdy show up and get a little rattled. And I think that could be the difference maker in a game between two teams who are evenly matched. Absolutely. And I think... You know, it's going to be a much different environment for Brock Purdy this week. You know, he's had the comfort of playing two playoff games at home. Now you're going into an environment. We know what Lincoln Financial Field is going to be like. I mean, you know, and when Debo came out a couple of days ago and basically said, oh, you know, Levi Stadium is just as loud. That's going to get that crowd fired up and rolling. Eagles fans weren't allowed to tailgate for Saturday night's game. The gates didn't open until 1 p.m. on Lincoln Financial Field. So they figured out, oh, wait, wait, there's a lacrosse game at 1 p.m. The gates open at 8 a.m. So we'll buy tickets to the lacrosse game so we can tailgate for 12 hours before the game. Eagles fans are going to be ready to go. So, and and in those two playoff games already, particularly the one against Seattle, if you remember before halftime, Purdy had a number of plays where he just sort of bailed out of a clean pocket, tried to make a late throw, and they fell incomplete. He didn't get punished for it. He seemed, like you said earlier, unsettled at times in the face of pressure. If the Eagles can get up 7-0, get up 14-3 or something like that, turn this into more of a one-dimensional Niners offense, it's going to be interesting to see how Purdy responds. Agree a thousand percent. Now, obviously, midseason, Mark, general manager for the 49ers, they went out and picked up 
Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers. And during this 12-game win streak for the 49ers, McCaffrey has been great. He's averaged 112 scrimmage yards per game. That's 29% of the team's yards offensively. He has 12 scrimmage touchdowns. So how important is Christian McCaffrey going to be for this 49ers offense to be effective Sunday afternoon in Philadelphia? He's critically important. I mean, and, and it gets back to sort of that that 21 personnel package where they use, you know, two running backs, a receiver, and two, I mean, two running backs, a tight end, and two wide receivers, right? But they are all interchangeable in that package. I mean, Debo Samuel, we can align him in the backfield. You can align him out wide. McCaffrey yeah. is the same thing. You can put him run, running back. You can put him out wide. Juicek can be in the backfield. He can be a tight end. Kittle can be out wide. You know, Brandon Ayuk is really the only one that plays his position, wide receiver. And every time I talk to NFL coaches, coordinators, head coaches, assistant coaches, they tell me that, look, this is a matchup-based league. We can draw stuff up on the whiteboard. We can get the X's and O's right. But ultimately, it comes down to can this player win a one-on-one matchup with the player aligned across from him? And when you have an interchangeable offense the way the 49ers do, where you know you can get them to play big on the defensive side of the ball, and suddenly you split Debo and McCaffrey out wide, and they're running slant routes, option routes against linebackers and strong safeties, that's a very advantageous place to be. If McCaffrey is you know healthy, ready to go, and is a part of that offense in the huddle on the field, he gives the Niners those matchups, that matchup flexibility, the ability to win to create mismatches and then exploit them after the snap. Now he's been a little bit limited this week in practice. Debo has been a little bit limited. I expect they're going to go and everything that they're going to be close to hundred percent, but they make that offense go. That versatility makes that offense go. And when you've got the ability to line up like they did against Seattle with Debo in the backfield, run a toss play to him and then show them the same look two quarters later, but then throw a backside slant route to McCaffrey who's aligned as an X receiver. That's very tough to game plan for. So Jonathan Gannon has his his work cut out for him this week to game plan for all the different ways they could take those five players and use them in different alignments, in different packages, and on different concepts. He's an NFL writer. It's Mark Schofield joining the Wise Guys Sports Show tonight. Mark, before we get to the Eagles offense versus the 49ers defense, I want to talk about the 49ers receivers. They got Brandon Ayuk. They got Debo Samuel. This year, Debo Samuel in 13 games played. 56 receptions, only 632 receiving yards, uh, two touchdowns. And, you know, I love Brandon Ayuk as well as a reliable number two receiver. There are there are Eagles fans out there when they were talking about this game and comparing the two teams. There are Eagle fans that believe that A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are better than Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Which receiving core would you give the edge to? Would it be the... 49ers with Samuel and Ayuk, or would it be the Eagles with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown? Yeah, I would give the edge to Philadelphia in, in terms of what Brown and Smith can do as wide receivers. Now, if you're going to ask me, okay, who's the better offensive weapon package, then I'd probably give, uh, like we just sort of talked about, the edge to San Francisco because of the different ways they can create matchups. The fact that, you know, you're not going to align Devonta Smith seven yards behind the center and run him on inside zone. You know, yeah. you're not going to do that with J- with AJ Brown, but you can do that with Debo Samuel. You can run him on inside zone. You can run him on the crack toss design that they'd like to do the play that I sort of referenced earlier. And so, look, he's a, these are all incredible players, and yeah. the skill players of this game, even though we both agree it's going to be decided in the trenches, the skill players in this game are, are fantastic. 
I think purely though, in terms of like, if, if you're telling me, look, I can have two receivers, I can have a receiving duo. I'll take Brown. I'll take Smith. They're so talented and they work so well together. One of the reasons that, you know, that acquisition of AJ Brown was so huge for Philadelphia was it allowed them to play him in that X receiver role, take Devonta Smith, move him around a little bit, get him some free releases, some stack slots and things like that. They're complementary receivers that work extremely well together. It's a close, close, you know, battle between those two groups, but I'd give the edge to Philly's guys. Let's talk about the Eagles offense for a bit, Mark. Obviously, they led by quarterback Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was on an MVP trajectory before his injury against the Bears. Under Jalen Hurts, their offense averages 29 points per game, 392 total yards per game, 34 rushing touchdowns as an offense. How important is it for Jalen Hurts in the passing game specifically? How important is it going to be for Jalen Hurts to be effective with that bum shoulder that he'd been dealing with? He did look good against the Giants, but the game really wasn't in question at any point. How important is it going to be for Jalen Hurts to be effective with that shoulder injury? You know, I think it's important. One of the things, Trey Balfelli, and we've sort of alluded to this, is they can beat you in different ways. I mean, you know, you look at some of the game, like their Green Bay Packers win, for example, where they just basically ran the football all over Green Bay. They could beat you yeah. running the football. If you turn them into a one-dimensional team, turn them into a run-game team, they can beat you. Now, I think in this game, it would be super beneficial for the Philadelphia Eagles if Hurts could have some success early throwing the ball because then you might get more of those too high safety looks. And one of the things that the Eagles are built to do is win in today's NFL when we see so many, you know, two deep safety looks, cover two, cover four, quarter, quarter, half, where you've got that numbers advantage in the box. And then when you factor in using the quarterback as a run threat, that plus one of the box becomes a plus two. Yeah. And then you're really sort of cooking with gas as a run game. And so if he can have some success early throwing the football, get them, get to Michael Ryan's to play some of those two deep safety looks. It's going to really create a numbers advantage in the box. They could start leaning into the run game a little bit, maybe wear on that defensive front, you know, because if you're running the ball, you know, it's a situation where if you can sort of run the ball a little bit, soften up that defensive front, wear on their legs a little bit. Then when you drop the throw in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, that pass rush won't be what it was in the first quarter and the second quarter. So I think if he can have some success early, soften up that defense a little bit, run the ball a little bit, that's going to be key for them. The 49ers defensively, Mark, as great as they are against the run, they're not that great against the pass. They give up 223 passing yards per game, which is ranked 20th round, he's going to probably be matched up with Tredavious Ward. Now, in the wild card matchup, Tredavious Ward gave up over 100 yards receiving to DK Metcalf. Metcalf and A.J. Brown are similar type receivers. So in that matchup with A.J. Brown versus Tredavious Ward, is that something that you believe that the Eagles should exploit in this football game? Yeah, I mean, I think your point, Trey, about, you know, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown being similar receivers and the struggles that Ward had in the wildcard route is a very accurate point. It's, you know, 
completely correct. And I think if you're Philadelphia, if you're Shane Steichen looking at this game, you want to see if you can throw the ball. You're going to try to test those outside corners early. A lot of what they like to do in the passing game is vertical routes along the boundary. That's where DK Metcalf had some success in wildcard weekend. I think you're going to try some of those shot plays early. Maybe you hit on some of those. Maybe it gets us to the scenario where we're just talking about you have some success downfield. That if you're Ryan's, you might have to start thinking about dedicating some safety help, shading the safety or two. A name to sort of watch in this game, Trey, is Quest Watkins. Because I'm curious to see if we see some two deep looks, if we see them trying to give some safety help over Smith, over Brown, if that frees up Watkins in the middle of the field out of the slot to have some success. But, yeah, if I'm Philadelphia, I'm testing those outside corners early because you know that, look, the safeties are good. Fred Warner is one of the best linebackers in the game. The yeah. defensive line is good. I think you want to see if you can have some success in the passing game along the boundaries. Test those corners early. I think Philly's going to try to do that early and often. Because, Mark, I thought last week the Cowboys, they had some opportunities offensively in the game against the 49ers defense. Yep. defense. And Dak Prescott was turning the football over. Jalen Hurts ain't Dak Prescott. He's not going to turn the football over the way Prescott did. So I definitely believe that the Eagles overall offensively if they can use their passing attack with Devontae Smith, with A.J. Brown, I think that could be a recipe for success for this Eagles offense overall. Hurts can beat you in a number of ways, but I think you're going to see them test that secondary early, and if they can hit on some of those throws, hit on some of those boundary throws that Prescott missed on, he had an interception on one as well. If they can hit on some of those throws early, I think it's going to be a good night for them. So, Mark, it's prediction time. Who do you have winning the NFC? I've got the Eagles with this one. And interestingly enough, I have the same score as you, 24-21. I mean, I think it's going to be close. I think these are two very evenly matched teams. But I just think Philly, with the different ways they can beat you, they are going to have a very good shot at winning this game. And then, look, we sort of talked about it. We teed it up a little bit. If we get that sort of iffy Brock Purdy game, he makes a mistake or two, I think it adds up to an Eagles win. Okay, 24-21, same score as me. Let's transition, Mark, to the AFC Championship, 6.30 p.m. kickoff at Arrowhead. It's Joe Burrow. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's the Bengals. It's the Chiefs for a second consecutive season for the rights to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. What are your expectations for Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes this Sunday. These are the two of the game's young, dynamic quarterback talents. I mean, they're they're both faceted into watch. They're both playing at an extremely high level. I mean, you watch Burrow over this playoff run, over their recent success this season, and the way he's doing it is getting the ball out quickly. You know, second fastest time to yeah. throw in this year in the regular season, second only to Tom Brady, fastest amongst all the playoff quarterbacks to this point in the playoffs. When there are all these questions going into that Buffalo game about, oh, you're down three starters on the offensive line. How are you going to protect Joe Burrow? He's going to get the ball out of his hands. He's not going to give that pass rush a chance to get home. He's very good at, you know, this is why they go four wide, five wide. It gives him an opportunity to see pre-snap what he wants to go with the football. And then, you know, if you're going to take you know Tremaine Edmonds and put him over Jamar Chase, that's where he's going to go. He's going to go with, like I was just talking about, those matchups that give him a chance to be successful. But then there's Patrick Mahomes. And we continue to grade, and I'm as guilty as this as anybody else, we continue to grade Patrick Mahomes on such a different level. He's such an amazing talent at the quarterback position. Yes, the off-platform throws, the arm angles, the velocity, and all that stuff is great. 
but he too is breaking teams down with his mind. He too is seeing your coverage rotations and seeing where you, you know, what you want to take away and seeing your pre-snap pressure looks and going where he needs to with the football. And so these are two fantastic quarterbacks to watch. They're two quarterbacks that every Monday morning, and when I start watching film from the weekend, I turn on first because they're a ton of fun to watch. And I expect them to have good games this weekend. When you look at the quarterback matchup, I believe for Joe Burrow, there's so much that he can gain from a from if he wins this game and he goes on to win the Super Bowl. If he beats Mahomes for a fourth consecutive time and he beats Mahomes for the second consecutive season in the AFC Championship game in Mahomes' house, I don't think you can say he's necessarily the best quarterback in the NFL, but if he wins the Super Bowl, I believe we can have that conversation, and there's going to be certain people who are going to say that Joe Burrow is better than Mahomes is. On the flip side, if Mahomes, if he beats Burrow and then he wins another Super Bowl, I think that's something that we're going to look at Mahomes when it comes to his overall legacy. But I think Burrow has an opportunity to elevate himself when it comes to the best quarterback in the NFL conversation, put himself right there alongside Mahomes if he beats him again. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Burrow has sort of put himself in that, however you want to define or group elite quarterbacks, right? What do you think? Yeah. Top five, top seven. He's put himself in that mix already. Win or lose on Sunday. I think what Burrow's done to this point of his career is put him in that you know elite quarterback conversation. You know, in terms of, you know, if he wins this game and goes on to win a Super Bowl, is he QB1? You know, I, I don't think I would go that far. But like you said, Trey, people will. If, if yeah. that's what ends up happening, if he wins Sunday, if he goes and beats either the Eagles or the Niners in the Super Bowl, there will be podcasts, radio shows, TV segments, you name it, about Burrow being QB1 going into next year. I mean, that's just the way we do it, right? It, yeah. Quarterbacks' legacies are basically decided week to week because a couple of weeks ago, after they beat Tampa Bay, Dak Prescott was the guy, right? Like he, Dak Prescott, everybody loved him. He tore up Tampa Bay. Now it's can they win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? Like this is this is the way the game works, right? And yeah. so if Burrow goes on and wins this AFC Championship game, beats Mahomes for the second straight year in an AFC Championship game, goes on and beats either Hurts or Purdy, we're going to go into next year with Joe Burrow is QB1. Now, like you said, on the flip side, if Mahomes wins his second Super Bowl in, you know, four years or so, and he does it on a right ankle injury because he's dealing with that high ankle sprain, you use the word legacy defining game, right? I mean, yeah. that will be that kind of run for it. So these are two incredibly talented quarterbacks. And what excites me most about this game is not just the fact that we're going to see it Sunday, that we might see this for the next five, six, 10 years. These guys, Lamar, yes. Herbert, like yeah. all the young quarterbacks in the AFC. I'm just so excited Trey, to see these guys continue to play Allen, all the great arms that we got, all the great quarterbacks that we got in the AFC side of things, you know, whether it's Burrow and Mahomes this year, or whether it's, you know, Herbert and Allen next year, Lamar or Herbert the year after that, or whatever. I just, the future of the quarterback position, particularly in the AFC is so bright. Absolutely. Mark. I agree with you a thousand percent. Now, when it comes to this matchup specifically, let's talk about the Bengals offense versus the chiefs defense last week. Coming into the game against the Bills, everyone was talking about the Bengals. They were down three starting offensive linemen, no Jonah Williams, no Alex Kappa, no Lyle Collins. And I thought the, that Bengals offensive line last week, Mark, they played sensational. They had 172 rushing yards. Joe Mixon had arguably his best 
game of the season, 20 carries, 105 rushing yards, one touchdown. So going into this game against the Chiefs, how important is it for this Bengals running game to be effective? You know, we saw that when these teams played in the regular season. Mixon was out that game as Samash P. Ryan, and he had a pretty successful night, you know, afternoon running the football against his Kansas City defense. And I think sort of similar to the Eagles discussion, right? You can run the ball, maybe wear on that pass rush a little bit, which is going to make it a little bit easier for that offensive line when Burrow drops to throw. Again, like you said, they're down some guys on the offensive line. And I think the other thing that's really interesting about this Cincinnati offense is if you remember back to October, I mean, I wrote three or four different versions of this story that the Bengals had some problems on offense. They were two and three. They were very sort of predictable in the run game. If Burrow was in shotgun, they were throwing the football. If Burrow was under center, they were running it. They were very predictable in the run designs. It was all outside zone, wide zone, maybe some inside zone sprinkled in. Over the rest of the season, they've gone to more of a man-gap power blocking scheme up front, and you saw a lot of that against Buffalo on Sunday. And so Zach Taylor deserves a ton of credit. Brian Callahan deserves, deserves a ton of credit for how they've sort of self-scouted this offense, broken some of their own tendencies. They're more balanced on offense. But like we saw when these teams played in the regular season, they had success running the football. It set up what they wanted to do in the past game. If that continues, it's going to bode really well for Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bengals, their receiving core is arguably the best in the NFL, Mark. You got Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins, you got Tyler Boyd, and they got Hayden Hurst, who I believe is an upgrade over C.J. Uzama. So with the Bengals passing attack versus that Chiefs pass defense, who is ranked 18th in the NFL, who do you believe has the edge in that department, the receivers for the Bengals and the Chiefs' pass defense? No, I mean, I think the receivers for the Bengals, and for the reasons yes. you just said, Trey. I mean, Jamar Chase has put himself into the top five, six, seven receivers in the league already. And T. Higgins is on the outside of that group looking in and trying to ban his way in with a good playoff run here. And so, you know, it's a, those are two very talented receivers. They're good with their route running. They're violent on their cuts and on their breaks. They're dangerous after the catch. And when you've got a quarterback at Burrow that can get the ball out quickly and is an accurate passer, he's putting those guys in position for yardage after the catch. And so it all works extremely well together. But look, Hurst, Boyd, like they've got more than just Higgins and Chase. It's a very talented group. They're sort of 11 personnel with the three receivers and the tight end. It's a very talented group. I would definitely give the edge to those Bengals receivers. For sure. And honestly, Mark, I think defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola, he has his work cut out for him this week because if you blitz Burrow and you leave your DBs in man-to-man coverage, Burrow is going to eat you alive. Because Jamar Chase can take a, a three-yard slant and, and take it 60 yards for a touchdown. And T. Higgins, we know, you know how dynamic of a pass catcher he is with his ability to go and grab the football at his highest point. So I think I think that Chiefs defense, man, they got they got that work cut out because if you if you blitz man to man, I think the Bengals could win in those situations. But if you play zone and you can't get to Burrow, I think that gives Burrow time to carve you up and throw the football down the field as well. Yeah, I mean, Steve Spagnuolo is very much facing a sort of pick your poison kind of afternoon because you know if you like you said sort of 
drop seven, drop eight, play zone coverage, try to, you know, constrict throwing lanes and things like that. Burrow's just going to be comfortable taking what you give him. You know, yeah. if you're going to give him the, the five-yard stick route, he'll take that. Like, he'll take that all day long. He has no problem throwing underneath. If you decide, look, we're going to bring pressure, we're trying to get going to try to get after him, you know, force him to make some quick reads and decisions. Well, one, as we talked about, he likes getting the ball out quickly. That's where he likes to be. Number two, adjusted completion percentage this year, according to the Pro Football Focus, of 72% when pressured. That was fourth best in the NFL. He's so poised under pressure. You watch him in the pocket, and ESPN's Darren Olofsky did a video on this earlier in the year. His technique when pressured is teaching tape. Doesn't drop his eyes. That left hand is glued to the football. He's so good with his feet at creating space in the face of pressure. So, yeah, go after him. Blitz him all you want. He's just as happy when he's blitzed, when he's pressured, when he's not. And the, and the Bills can run the football, Mark. So yep. if, because they can run the football, if you drop eight back in coverage, they'll happily hand the ball yep. off to Joe Mixon and Pirine. Yep. So that's, that's going to be important. I got a key, a, a key stat for you. It's amazing what Joe Burrow has done since he's been the starting quarterback for the Bengals. This is in 52 years before Joe Burrow, the Bengals had five playoff wins, two AFC championship game appearances. Under Joe Burrow, the Bengals had five playoff wins, two AFC championship game appearances in three years. So it's amazing how Joe Burrow has completely changed the, the Cincinnati Bengals organization, Mark. The Bengals are going to be contenders in the AFC for the next 15 years on the Joy B. It's the reality of, of what has happened since he's been drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, it, yeah. And, and he's already at his second NFL playoff run, the all, franchise's all-time leader in quarterback wins in the playoffs. He, when he hit Chase for that touchdown early against Buffalo, he became their all-time yardage passing leader in the playoffs. And this is just his second stint in the NFL playoffs. It's The turnaround in Cincinnati has been incredible. And obviously, look, there's more to it. There's Chase. There's Higgins. There's the guys up front. There's the defense. There's the coaching. But Burrow has been fantastic for this franchise. He really has. Now, next factor to, for me, Mark, for the Chiefs defensively, it's going to be Chris Jones, their, nose, their, their defensive tackle. Chris Jones is going to have to create havoc up front because the Bengals are playing with backup offensive linemen. So I think Chris Jones has to win his matchup uh, with those Bengals offensive linemen who are backups. That, that's the one chance I give the Chiefs defensively against this Bengals offense. Chris Jones has to be dominant in this game. Yeah, and what's one of the biggest bugaboos, one of the biggest things that gives quarterbacks fits? It's quick interior pressure, right? Like quarterbacks, we'd love it when it's coming off the edges because we could step up in the pocket or, you know, if we feel like you could spin around it or whatever. Quick interior pressure, it's tough to avoid. It's tough to escape from. And it throws all this timing we've talked about, right? Quick time to throw, getting the ball out quickly, taking what the defense gives you. If you've got a defender in your lap through the A-gaps, a half a second, you know, one second into the down, that throws all of that out the window. And so if Jones can get going against this interior of the Bengals offensive line, that would be huge for Kansas City. Now you look at Patrick Mahomes, Mark, he has an eight and three record, 30 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 3,576 passing yards, completing 67% of his passes. Obviously he's dealing with an ankle injury right now. So how effective do you believe Mahomes is going to be 
despite us already knowing he's not going to be 100% going into this game? I think he'll still be effective, right? I, I think, you know, what we've seen from Mahomes over the years, and he said it after the game Sunday, he said it all throughout this week already, is that he can make almost any throw from any platform, from any arm angle. The arm talent is eye-popping. You know, the fact that he doesn't have the sort of, you know, 100% right ankle to drive off, that not going to matter to Patrick Mahomes. Now, the question is going to become, and we won't really know this until Sunday, one, his mobility in the pocket. How how comfortable is he moving around? Or is he going to be more statuesque? And two, how comfortable is the coaching staff, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy? how comfortable are they doing some stuff where he's – you know, design rollouts, sprint outs, boot action, some of the stuff that they've used from time to time. I mean, they opened their game against Jacksonville with speed option, you know, with yeah. him sprinting to the edge to pitch it to the back. Like, are they going to feel comfortable enough in that right ankle to do things like that, to have concepts like that in the game plan? Or is it going to be, look, we have to treat him as a backup pocket, as a, a drop back pocket passer in this game. And so I think, look, Mahomes, the throws and all that stuff, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the pocket mobility, and I'm wondering, Trey, is the game plan going to be different because they don't feel comfortable having designs like that in the in the script, in the package of plays, because of that ankle injury, because he might be limited with that mobility. Now, over the last three matchups, defensive coordinator Lou Adamaral, he's had Mahomes' number, Mark, and what the Bengals do is they have three down linemen, and they drop eight back in coverage against this Chiefs offense and one of the I guess you could say criticisms of Andy Reid throughout his coaching career has been will he be patient will he run the football when those opportunities are going to be there how important is it going to be for the Chiefs offensively to run the football with Pacheco and with McKinnon to kind of attack that Bengals three down linemen and that eight in, in coverage. How, how important is it going to be for that that Chiefs rushing attack? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest word for the Chiefs this game and perhaps this season is patience. You know, you have to have patience if you're Mahomes, particularly when they're dropping eight into coverage. You have to have patience if you're Andy Reid. If it's seven nothing early, you're trailing. Stick to the game plan. Stick to the script. Run the football a little bit if you're going to get those three down, eight up kind of looks. You know, don't panic. Don't overreact. If you think back, Trey, to that AFC Championship game last year, in the second half, they did a lot of that drop eight stuff, and Mahomes was pressing to try to make things happen. The interception in overtime came against one of these drop eight looks. And so going into this year, the question was, how is he going to fare against those drop eight looks? Because he saw him a lot last year, and he had his ups and downs, more downs than ups, certainly the AFC Championship game. This year, however, you know, 38 of 63 for 549 yards and four touchdowns against drop eight coverage. So he's been better at it, but since he, he had five throws, against Cincy in the regular season a couple of weeks ago, only hit on one of five. So it's still going to be an issue. He needs to be patient. Reed needs to be patient. If they have the opportunity to run the football a little bit, they're going to take advantage of that. You know, try to get them out of those drop eight looks to see if they can get perhaps some one-on-one matchups in the passing game. Now we know the best player on this Chiefs offense is Travis Kelsey, Mark, for the season. 110 receptions, 1,338 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns. What kind of game do you think Travis Kelsey is going to have on Sunday? 
I mean, I, every time he laces them up, I expect big things. I mean, he's perhaps the best receiving tight end we've seen in recent history, maybe all time. I mean, guys like Tony Gonzalez and, and Gronk and others can certainly make a case. He's so dangerous after the catch. So much of what they do in the passing game sort of stems from Kelsey and or the fear of Kelsey when they go Y-ISO, when they move him around a little bit, you have to account for where 87 is. You know, Vaughn Bell, Mike Hilton, the guys are going to be matched up with him. They're going to face their challenges. And particularly if you know, you're trying to get the ball out of Mahomes' hand quickly, you know, quicker throws over the middle, stick routes to the outside, try to get Kelsey involved. They use him in the screen game too. I'm expecting Kelsey to have a big game. Last year in the regular season, the Bengals overcame an 11-point deficit, and they beat the Chiefs 34-31, Mark. Last year in the AFC Championship game, the Bengals overcame an 18-point deficit, and they beat the Chiefs 27-24 earlier this season at Paycar Stadium. The Bengals trailed the Chiefs by, I think it was at least seven points in that game, and they beat the Chiefs again. Who you got Sunday in the AFC Championship? Do you have Burrow or do you have Mahomes? I've got Burrow in this one. Um, I think it'll be close. I, I'm picturing like 28-24 uh, Cincinnati. Um, the, you just walked us through, Trey, those last three meetings. And there's some history that I think is important. In those games, Cincinnati would get down, but they wouldn't panic. This is a young team, you know, young stars, quarterback, receiver, and elsewhere. But they're a veteran team. The, what I mean by that is they don't panic. They don't overreact. They get down. They get down by two digits. You know, they get down by multiple scores. They don't panic. They don't overreact. They stay within themselves. They play their game. You know, going into Arrowhead again, it's not going to bother them. If they get down in this game, you know, 10 nothing, 14 nothing, it's not going to bother them. And I just really like the kind of football they're playing right now on both sides of the ball. You know, Mahomes being banged up, it might limit some of what they do schematically. And so I like Cincinnati in this one. He's Mark Schofield, a NFL writer. Mark, let everyone know where they can find you. Well, Trey, thank you so much for having me um, on Twitter at Mark Schofield. I keep it nice and easy. It's right there. Wait, there it is. There we go. Right there. Uh, SBNation.com. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Enjoy the games this weekend, everyone. It's going to be a ton of fun. Thank you, Mark, for joining us on the Wise Guy Sports Show. He is Mark Schofield of the NFL Insider. Great writer. Go and check out all his content on Twitter and on social media. Thanks for calling in tonight, Mark. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That was Mark Schofield. So he got the Bengals and the Eagles as well advancing to the Super Bowl. And that's what he has. Going to be a great, great championship weekend. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore OH. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Great matchups this weekend. Burrow, Mahomes, 49ers, Eagles for the rights to go to the Super Bowl. Championship weekend is almost here. Everyone enjoy your weekend. I'm Trey Larkins signing off. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.